Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. And we are into April, and it's finally starting to warm. Uh, It's been cold. This is like a very long winter, back and forth, back and forth. We joke that in Nashville we have three winters, right? (laughs) It just keeps coming back. It comes back. You think you're out of it, then it comes back. But we love April because not only is it a beautiful time of year, but it's that time of year for now 16 years Yes, when we bring a lot of people together for conversations around cultural issues which some of you I think are aware of, but some of you may not be as aware that part of Rebecca and I's life and work for the last 20 years has been helping Christians try to faithfully navigate current culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an annual event that we do that's national and brings people from all over, and it's our culture summit. And it truly is to help inform and engage Christians on the front lines of culture, whether arts or media or government, policy, education, um, even just civic involvement. Whoever's listening that kind of has their toe in one of these industries, these social sectors, um, then you have to navigate a lot of things coming at you. And I have so much respect because sometimes in ministry, we kind of have that lens, but honestly, the church is where all channels converge every Sunday and have to actually grapple and wrestle with the information, the tsunami of information that's coming at us. Yeah, we call it the Culture Summit, but part of our conversation today was just to share a little bit about some of those themes, the things you and I think a lot about as we look to the future. And sometimes it shows up in the Rhythms for Life podcast through interviews, some of the conversations we're having around mental health, our current environment. But we have this whole other space where we're trying to explore where's the future of the world going and our Mm -hmm. culture and our society? And what are the big questions that we all are having to wrestle with? And then how can we be part of the solution? Like, Like our theme this year for this year's event is called Signs of Life. So it's it's actually how are we seeing some life break through in the midst of a space where a lot of people are feeling despair right now, confusion, fog. It's it's not easy to see clearly. So we're looking at this event, April 20th and 29th, as a moment where we're going to help, we hope, a lot of Christians be illuminated to like yeah. what God's up to in the world right now. Um, we're not going to shy away from the things that are hard and tough to understand or discern. But we're also going to be looking at them with this very specific lens of the hope and opportunity that we see in the world right now. Yeah, I know a lot of the listeners here at Rhythms are looking to other places as well for cultural engagement and what is happening, you know, like the kind of the the news of the day. And so we want to do that in a like sitting back for a moment and giving a more broad, a broader brush, not a reaction, but more of going like, these are the trends of what we're seeing in culture. And honestly, the signs of life are is a fresh wind that continues to help us endure with strength and to press on in community. And so coming out of 2020, there was a season where it felt like just everything was just coming and it was hard constantly. Um, but as that happened, there is always <laughs> there is always beauty that emerges, even in the middle of things that are very hard. And so featuring those things, talking about those things, and 
And honestly, that adversity does bring life to us. You know, when we're pressed and crushed, we still find ways to never give up, and we find ways to actually bring the truth of Christ and the joy and the peace in the middle of these circumstances. So we're going to talk about those for these couple days, but we thought it'd be really awesome today to pair this with the Rhythms podcast, because I think a lot of mental unrest comes when you just are loaded with information and you're not sure who to trust, what to believe that's coming at you. And then also you're not sure what agency you actually have to affect change. And so that's what we're going to discuss today. That's what we're going to talk about at the Culture Summit. And we just wanted to give you a taste of that here in case this is a conversation you would like to press further into. So Gabe, for starters, you've always been one who sees ahead, and I've been married to you for now 25 years, and you are always, you know, I I hate to say this, but there are many (laughs) times that you're pretty spot on. Wait, wait, you're acknowledging that (laughs) I know, I try to keep them humble, you know, in the privacy of our home. I'm like, you don't know what's happening. Um, But what's true is that he does kind of keep his ear to the ground on trends and watches and pay attention. You also research a lot of things. And these things come to bear at Culture Summit. So when we come Do you remember, by the way, do you remember (laughs) in the late 90s, one of my favorite books? I remember reading this in like 98, and it was called Trends 2000. Yes. And it was a book about where the future was going. And I just remember that was one of the ways I knew. Like, I love thinking about kind of where the world might be going and how are we prepared for it. And one of the things it talked about in that book, Trends 2000, (laughs) was we would start planting gardens in our landscape beds because people are going to want to have their own gardens and it's not going to be the big garden where you have to go plant and plow, but you're going to actually use your mulch beds to start to plant tomatoes and vegetables. Well, Hey, it's about 22 you were right, years Gabe. later. You were right. No, the book was right. <laughs> the book was right. It, was a, it, it took a couple decades, but I think more people are planting well, some of their own food these days. I do remember that. I remember um, you saying, like, people are going to get back to health and organic and natural. Because, I mean, let's be honest, still in 98, we were happy with Pop-Tarts and we were happy with all the processed cereals. <laughs> right. And we had little kids. And I'm like, Cheerios are the best. Now they're not so great from what I'm learning. But it's just still kind of understanding what are the ingredients in our food and what are we putting in our bodies and how is that impacting us and our children. And so I think just the older you get, the more you're you want to pay attention to those things because what we're feeling is like there's a lot and it might be overwhelming, but our goal here is to kind of give you some handles on some things that we care about um, that kind of rise to the top that we want to call your attention to. Yeah, and I think if I'm thinking big themes right now in the confusion you're mentioning or the overwhelm that people have of information, some of it's really good because what what's happening right now is we're we're getting exposure to some of the ways our world has been operating and functioning that weren't healthy, that weren't good. But we just assumed we were all doing great. And whatever advertisement I'm reading today about this new sugar cereal or whatever it might be that's being pushed on me, there was sort of an assumption like, of course, they've got my best interest in mind. And I think what people have wakened to is that there's a lot going on in the systems that govern a society. There's greed, there's power, there's money, there's a lot of motivations that you don't always get to see it for what it's worth. But some of those things, I would say in the last few years, people are just becoming more aware of. They're waking up to it. Mm -hmm. And in waking up to it, you're overwhelmed because you're like, wait, 
Yeah. I've believed some things in the past that weren't true. What am I believing now that's not true? Yeah. It requires this sense of discernment, digging in, and that can get overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that's part of where we're trying to go with these conversations is it's let's kind of simplify this so we can yeah. see more clearly. Yeah, I think it's jarring, right? We never would have thought in 98 that that an election wouldn't be called on the day of the voting, right? <laughs> right? That this would go on for a couple months or that there would be a lot of um, different opinions on how that needs to go down. Or, it, it feels like a lot is up for grabs and that's dismantling. I mean, disorienting for yeah. a nation that's kind of kind of run on autopilot and just chosen to trust every leader, you know, yeah. that's been elected into place or every leader of every corporation. And now we're going, okay, we're not going to say everyone's motives are bad, but what we are going to do is just pay attention to what we see happening and ask the Holy Spirit for some prudence in that. Yeah, so some of the conversations, for example, at Culture Summit, like one of them we're having is with a journalist talking about truth and public health. And this is one of those areas the last two years where people have lost trust in our public health institutions and the CDC. And do we trust what they say? What are the motivations for how things get approved, for what the guidance is? How do we know what to believe anymore? And so that loss of trust is really awful for society. We need to be able to trust our institutions. We need to be able to trust our leaders that they have our best interest in mind. And they're not just political motivated type groups. And mm -hmm. those types of things we press into at this summit because we want to look back and go, what happened? How did this happen? Yeah. How does this happen? How do we avoid this in the future? Um, but we also move forward into future issues. I mean, thinking about some of the new science that's coming forward around gene therapy and all types of new technologies and ways in which human beings could maybe function better uh, as it relates to sickness and disease. But what are the bioethical questions about that? Like, yeah. how do we make sure we're thinking well about just complete new modern advancements and maybe not just adopt every single thing that's being told to us is good for us, but start to critically think about these things. This is, I believe, going to be critical for all of us as we navigate the future. So what specifically do you mean when you're talking about bioethical enhancements in our uh, physical well, life? Well, I'd say stepping back even from that is this idea, you can see it playing out everywhere, the belief, there's, there's generally a belief that Anytime we can use technology to, quote unquote, enhance our lives, this is a good thing. I mean, right. our phones are examples of that. Like, just this blind belief that a phone's going to be great for my life. Right. Well, we're a decade or more into that, and people are reevaluating the use of this phone. We love it, but we hate it. It's right. had some good things. It's had some bad things. You know, one of those new advancements is augmented reality or meta, the metaverse. We're talking about both of AR, those VR, topics yes. at this year's event because they're being quickly adopted. It's new technology. There's going to be a sense that this is going to enhance life. It's going to make our life better right. to be able to have augmented reality, um, which will show up in the form of glasses that you might wear that allow you to kind of profile the person you're sitting profile. in front of. Yep. How many Instagram <laughs> followers do you have, Rebecca? I can look at my through my glasses and, and profile you, you, right? Yeah. Well, is that really good for our relationship that I'm sizing you up that way? I mean, these are the kind of critical thinking type questions we're going to have to ask. There are advantages to new technology, but it usually costs something else. And right. so we want to be thinking well about that. The metaverse, we've talked a little bit about that, I think, on other episodes. But we're going to talk to Phil Chen, a high-level tech developer um, out of Taiwan who really has looked deeply at why are we driven towards the metaverse. This whole idea of digital products, of digital currency, of being able to buy things now that are digital assets, not physical goods. 
what's driving that? What's the motivation in a human being to want that? What can we learn about our faith through that? What can we learn about human longings? As well as, is this really a good thing for us to participate with an Oculus on in a virtual reality world like Mark Zuckerberg and others are trying to build for, for this future, for us, for our kids? We don't have a lot of spaces to think well about that. So those are a couple of examples of yeah. how we have to think well about technology adoption. And we're not going to invite you to come to this for us to tell you how to think. But what we are going to do is expose the implications. And I think that's helpful when we stood around the block a decade ago in New York City waiting for the latest iPhone. Um, we just only saw the positives. And when you adopt something early, you only see the positives. But you have to wait a few years to see the fallout of our son texted a photo to us the other night of all his friends in their dorm, like just kind of the common area. And all of them were looking at a phone. None of them were engaging. And the reason why it caught his attention is he had watched some videos over break of us from college, like just being ridiculous. I mean, we were just having the time of our life, but we didn't have devices to separate our connection or communication. We were just always together, hanging out, dance parties, making meals, whatever. And they're like, you guys just seemed, it seemed simpler then, or you seemed more joyful. And whether or not that was the highlight reel, what it did show us, though, is this reminder that these things that are supposed to help us feel more interconnected all of a sudden take us away from what is physically present right in front of us. Yeah. And that's that's dangerous when everything about our faith is embodied, right? Like that God put on flesh and came among us and, and that Jesus was a son of man and a son of God. And he modeled what it looked like to make disciples with mm-hmm. his skin, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's something as a believer, we think of virtual reality or we think of technology as if it's going to replace an embodied presence and as hosting, you know, these retreats that we do, Gabe, like you just can't replace being in the room. And so those are implications around technology. Let's talk about some other topics that you feel burdened by, Gabe, that well, we should be paying attention to. Well, in in that sort of vein, I, I think the hope is to positively talk about what what can we recover if we start to think a little more critically about this. Well, one of the sure. things we recover is how we've been designed to be fully human and what are the limitations of being human? When do we need to stop pressing the gas and trying to become transhuman, another term that you'll hear a lot more about in the future, which is sort of how do we leverage AI to help us live longer as human beings? There's some of these places where we actually have a talk this year called Creatures Have Limits. Right. And the whole point with Kelly Capic is to discuss this idea, God's made us as creatures for a reason, and we're probably not going to get beyond some things, even though a lot of ambitious people would like humans to live forever or to find a way to have eternal life. That's likely not where this is going to go. So we as Christians need to think well about that and not just adopt those new technologies that might be designed for that exact purpose. But on the fun side, I mean, we've got Malcolm Gladwell with us this year talking yeah. about what does it mean to to think well about recovering our humanity? We've got mm-hmm. a couple of designers of tiny homes with us, right? You know, yeah. Matt and Elizabeth Impala and their fun design of all these beautiful little tiny homes, but talking about how much people are loving beauty and the tiny house movement and how right. people can now place a, a place to live, a habitat in some beautiful environment where they have a more peaceful view for their yeah. mental health. Yeah. And, and it's not only for it's not only for like a person of wealth. It's you in fact in some ways it's simplifying so that you get to be present even more. And and just 
reorder your life in some ways around the things that you value. And I love what you said about what Malcolm and Kelly are both talking about is the finite peace. Because even though we might want to um, embellish our physical sense, like we still have a soul, right? And it's hard to have a a machine or a device reprogram a soul, right? right. The, the <laughs> right. mind, will, and the emotions that are given to us by God, that's the deepest place it's of us. It's just not possible. That's right. not, like, it just can't be translated. So you might you might live a little longer, but does that mean your heart is at peace and your soul? Yeah. So it well, is you, interesting you, to think about the things we think we can just trade out, and yet God actually created us, while He created us in His image— we very much know that our body just will not last forever. Well, there's a lot of science thinking around the future that obviously doesn't believe in a God and doesn't believe God's designed us in this way that looks at us as machines. You know, they're called materialists. They think it's all matter. And so when you start talking about the soul, well, this is complicated for them, yeah. right? Because they could scan our brain. They can try to freeze their body in a cryogenics lab, hoping that one day they could put that brain scan consciousness into a body that's revived. I mean, this goes very far. And it sounds like <laughs> science fiction, but I can promise you this is happening now. These are the conversations happening in those spaces that when you understand the worldview they're coming from, you get it. Like they're trying to do a good thing. Like yeah. they want to live forever. God's put that in our heart. But we know as believers, this is Doesn't something that apart can't from him. happen. And right. so we need to stay aware of that, make sure our kids aren't buying into this logic, make sure we're, we're seeing it clearly. But there's going to be so many fun stories, Rebecca. We have over 40 talks at this. And by the way, if you're listening and you're interested and you're going, I can't come to Nashville for that, which, by the way, we're, I think, just about sold out. But it's a virtual event as well. So using Rebecca's code for this podcast called RFL20, you can actually get 20% off an in-person ticket or a virtual pass. We'll have 25,000 people watching virtually and participating uh, through our Q Media app that allows you to enjoy that, to chat, to take polls, to meet other people who are taking in these conversations. And by the way, all these talks are nine minutes. Most of them are only nine minutes in length or 18 minutes at the most. And that allows us to move through 40 different topics and conversations. So it's impossible for us to talk today about all of them. But if you go to qideas.org slash 2022, and you'll see that linked in the show notes, you can actually go and see all of these different presenters, the topics, the kinds of conversations that we're trying to have. But I was just thinking about the Watsons, you know, Kirsten Watson. We've had Ben and Kirsten on our podcast here before, but former NFL player, she's an author. They have seven children. And the question of how do we raise courageous families in the midst of this kind right. of culture? I mean, we, we try to get into these practical things about our children and yes. the loss of childhood. And what does that mean for us to try to recover childhood in our own communities? Yeah, we're talking about revival in the next generation, like what we're seeing in younger, uh, the beauty of zeal, right? If you, um, if like our kids, you know, in college and even younger, if you're aware and awake to this, now granted, they're a little bit more aware and awake in our home. So they get to have these conversations over dinner. But there is this uh, zeal that you can put with that awareness that says, hey, we can we can do this differently. We can look at this differently. We can, with discernment, know what to adopt, but also what to have thoughtfulness around. And, and, and I think a lot of these things that we're bringing up, um, we're not saying like completely remove all of this from your life. It's more about going, 
how do we hold a tension of prudence and faithfulness, knowing that we're in the world but not of it? We're yeah. we're we're renewed by the transforming of our minds, and and we know that to do that, we have to come together and ask these bigger questions, lay some of the things that the world is telling us against the word, and and going, what does God say about being human? What does God say about how we adopt just information? Do yeah. we? F- flush that through the word and go, well, this actually isn't consistent with what God is saying about this. Yeah. Well, and what's fun about this is a lot of the next generation participates in this event now. College students are participating. A lot of parents will have their teenage kids uh, participate either by watching it live or watching it that evening or over the weekend on demand, which you'd have access to all of that, because we'll be interviewing some of these young 20-somethings who are having great influence in the world using their platforms. For example, Jimmy Darts on TikTok, who's famously generous and Mm -hmm. gives money away to all kinds of people every day and is using these new technological platforms to do good in the world. We're going to have a couple conversations around social media and how do we look at this through a lens of where we discipline ourselves on how to use these kinds of platforms that do exist. Um, And Grant Skeldon, who's with our team, is going to be specifically talking about all the signs of life, all the revival breaking out that we are seeing in this high school and college-age group. And for many people, they might be like, really? I'm not really seeing that anywhere. I can tell you, Rebecca and I have witnessed this as we go around this country, and we're seeing a hunger and a desire for the things of God like, like really never before. And it brings great encouragement to us, and I know it will to you. Yeah, some of the topics I know as a parent I'm intrigued by is the future of farming, and that's because we started gardening a couple years ago. But really, how does that how does that translate to just the everyday person, and where is it going? What does it look like in the in the years to come? Discerning the news, we all could use um, some more time giving thought to this. Discerning the news, social media is upside. I think that's good because sometimes we all are thinking about what's terrible about it, but there are some upsides to it that we want to. Um, show generosity and gratefulness for um, a psychedelic future. Yeah, I mean, people are talking a lot about psychedelics, and some people don't even know what that is. Some of your kids do. And the question is, how do we think about that? Well, I, I remember many years ago talking about CBD oil and marijuana and that whole conversation back when that was emerging and people didn't quite know what it was or how to think about it. So we like to process those kinds of conversations uh, together. I also love George Antti's going to be with us. He, he has a book called Beyond Anti-Racism. So we've heard a lot about race and so many of us concerned about that. And how do we move forward as a society? It really challenges us to that, that there's even more that that are is asked of us as as Christians about how we move beyond just this us and them type conversation. So some of these conversations coming at you live over these couple of days. And we would love for you to be with us um, because it's it's a big part of how Rebecca and I see as we look to the future of the church that if the church isn't able to engage these conversations, we're going to have no hope of helping our children navigate this future. And this future is wrought with lots of ditches on either side of the road that we need to navigate. We need wisdom. We need discernment. We need to hear from people who've maybe gone before us in some of these categories. And all of that starts to come into play over these couple of days that we'd love for you to be a part of with us. And I just have to say, uh, as one who's come to this every year, for the last 18, 20 years. You better come done. to this every year. <laughs> it has been, honestly, kind of like a master's degree on how to think 
in ways that I don't always, I'm not always challenged to do this in my everyday life. I, I'm the first, you know, Gabe does this as a discipline because he he just is drawn into it and the Lord has given him that anointing. Sometimes there's a side of me is like, la, 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 the less I know, the better. Um, but that's not true. Um, in fact, I am hearing all the time things coming at me that I need to be, I need to be aware of. My kids are asking me questions about things that they're hearing that I need to be informed on. And not only because I, you know, know the latest thing, but more about how do I run that with wisdom through a filter of going, what does this look like with the biblical worldview? What does God have to say about this? How do we, with prudence and thoughtfulness, come around this? And I feel so encouraged at Culture Summit because someone's gone before me. They're an expert in that particular field. They've done the homework. They've done the research for me. They're bringing the best expertise to the topic. So just know that anyone who's presenting has been vetted. We're not just throwing people up there that, you know, Googled something. <laughs> like they have spent a lot of time in this. And so there's a trust there that I have. And I come away inspired every time. It's not that I feel like, oh, this is really heavy and dark. It's almost that the content that we're discussing brings life to me because it helps me understand my role and where I can contribute by better having a grasp of these conversations. Yeah. And I think the Rhythms for Life podcast is a good example of that. Like this whole mental health conversation and dialogue about a way of life, the rhythms that allow us to be more human, that allow us to live in such a way that we're discerning in our life, we're being healthy, we're working out and, and staying physically healthy, but also emotionally, relationally, spiritually healthy. All of that comes into play in these conversations that over these couple of days, Christians from all over the world will come together to do. And and um, my opening talk and, and the way we're framing this conversation around the signs of life is starting to recognize that you're part of building a community. You're building a, a really a parallel community in the midst of this world that's going to see things through this lens of faithfulness, through this lens of living in the rhythms that God's made us as human beings to live into, and being able to spot the counterfeits, and being able to see the ways in which the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And so it's in that sort of posture that we'll come into these couple of days, and we'd love for you to be with us. Again, you can go to qideas.org slash 2022, and if you use the code RFL20, you can get $20 off a virtual pass. Those are 99 so drop it down to a $79 pass, and that gives you 30 days on demand after the event. So not only do you get the option to watch it live, you can watch them back, and you can pick your favorite five talks and get your friends together and watch some of those, and it creates amazing dialogue and conversation for you and your community. So we hope that this is encouraging, that you'll join us, that you'll bring people around after the fact, have a watch party or a small group or a dinner, and um, get the conversations going. I think you'll be uh, encouraged to see how many people are feeling these things but are looking for some leadership in hosting and facilitating these conversations. So we are so grateful for you the listener that stays with us every week. And we truly are praying that this is something that will bless you and your community. 